Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa, and with me today is... Steve. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christ-likeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our own journeys of faith. Today we are in Psalm 51, one of my favorite psalms. <laughs> I don't know why you're what? laughing. Because it, it's, it's like a horrible... It's a psalm of repentance. It's a psalm... And how many times... Okay, I get it. This has happened after Nathan went to David to confront him about Bathsheba. It's not a time yeah, that's it's... very uh, uplifting for David. I get that. I yeah, get that. But I a, think... It's a rough reason to <laughs> write. I mean, that's not my reasoning no, for, for liking no, it. Good. Although the despair and the... Just that yearning to be clean. I think as uh, Christians to, we can. I mean, at this point, with that, at this I point, hope. we have a little recorded fifty psalms. I just there's a lot of yeah. and you love Psalm fifty one. No, I like uh, other ones. I, I've said. Well, you just said it's one of your favorites. It is, and and I mean, to me, it doesn't even touch Psalm one. Yeah, it's all right. Psalm three. Yeah, Psalm twenty three. Yeah, it's good too. I mean. I'm not sure it's in my top five. This one is... In the first 50. I think it might be in the top five for me for my 50. Well, we'll but we're different people. Right, okay, do you want to read it? Yeah, we can Let's read that. it. We can, let's read it. People don't want to hear us debate about whether our ranking... Maybe we should do that. <laughs> rank we could rank our top 10 favorite psalms. Ooh. That would be a... When we get this whole project done in two years, that's what we're going to do. In two years. In two years. I already say not Psalm 119 mm. with its... Ah, uh, yeah. Massiveness all on its own. Okay, <laughs> okay let's, let's read Psalm 51. Uh, it's titled, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned. And done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judge, judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sin, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach, tra teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from the blood guiltlessness, O, o God, O Lord, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I will give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in the right sacrifices, in burnt offerings, and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So this is a psalm of repentance. There's angst. We can hear it. You can see it. Verse 1 is a cry for mercy, right? 
Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. So it's according to God and his love. He's yep. saying, this can't be according to me because I don't deserve mercy. <laughs> this has to be according to your love yeah. and your mercy, right? Like, yeah. get out, blot out my sin. I can't. I can't do it. If it's up to me, I'm just going to keep sinning. Yeah, and that's that word said, right? It's the Hebrew word that keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. said is all over, like in the story of Ruth and... It's that loving kindness, right? That mercy. Yeah. It, which, what do you, do you want to clarify just a little bit? Well, it's, it's that theme, right? The, the gods has said it's, it's, um, uh, it, it. Yeah, it, yeah, I understand. I'm just saying clarify where that comes in. Have mercy on me, oh God. Yeah, okay. That's good. Right? Yeah. It was unclear. <laughs> I'm just making sure that people listening are yeah. like, wait, what yeah. is he talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, the word in Hebrew for the mercy and. Yeah. It's, it also comes in loving kindness. It's mm. his loyal love, his covenant mercy. Yeah, right? yeah. Not according to us, only according yeah. to God, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Verse 2 says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This cry to be clean, knowing that only God can clean him. Only yeah. God can wash away his sin. Like I said before, mm-hmm. like if it's up to him, he's just, he's in it. He's continuing it. <laughs> yeah. No, he's just making more. <laughs> he needs, he needs like help that he cannot <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like trying to take a dirty, dirty bar of soap to wash your dirty hands. It's just not going to work. No, exactly. Exactly. So then verse three, we have like the confession. So here, this is where, um, in my Bible, it says the choir master, a Psalm of David, when Nathan, the prophet went to him after he had gone to Bathsheba. So now at verse three, he's like, this is where he is recognizing and confessing his sin. Um, I wonder if he had gone to Bathsheba. Sorry. Sorry. With Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. <laughs> you don't drop the into. Well, I know, but that's so gross. I know, I know, <laughs> but hold on. He didn't just go to Bathsheba. <laughs> okay, thank there you. There's a little bit thank more you for going, going on there. Yes, there was adultery. There was murder. Oh, yes. There was lots happening. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, if you want to, there's a ton of stuff out there that's like, was this a rape? Was it not? And, oh, yeah, we don't know. We haven't not, been given we're not the going, details. We're not going down that road. No, no. But we are absolutely willing to say that this was not right. Well, he was a king. She would have had no choice, whether yeah. she was willing and or not, whether all of that, all right, that, stuff, that abuse yeah. of power. Um, so he's recognizing his sin here. But if Nathan hadn't come to him, if the consequences, <laughs> consequences hadn't been so hard, would he have admitted? Obviously, he knows that God knew what he did. Yeah. But would he feel so terrible? Would he have been confronted with his sin if he hadn't been confronted by Nathan? Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, yeah. yeah. Makes you wonder. Because how many times do we think we can get away with things? And it's Every only time. when it comes out right. in the they, open that we're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, you know, and then yeah. we feel it. So in verse three, he says, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Yeah. Right. All I yeah. see, all I think about it's there. It's tormenting me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. See, I always have a problem with that line. Why? Verse 4? Yeah. Against you only have I sinned. He's not mm. speaking to God. I don't know. He mm-hmm. sinned against your Bathsheba. He really sinned against Uriah. He sinned against other people in the army that he, mm-hmm. by their culpability, makes them murderers as they move away from Uriah. Yeah, I know. I read he about this too. He lied to all sorts of people. Oh. And I know that the depth of sin is, is we are, the transgression of our sin is against God always. Mm-hmm. But there yeah. are people in our world that, that we wrong. 
And yeah. in this situation, and there are consequences, right? Like a list. Their baby died, so you're telling me that doesn't affect Bathsheba. Her husband died. Yeah. She yeah. was taken to the bed of a man that she may or maybe didn't want to be with. Like there's so many repercussions for yeah. Bathsheba, but I think here in reading in the commentaries, because I also had those same thoughts. Um, it, they described it as he sinned against God. He did evil. Mm-hmm. Adultery, yep. murder. murder, those are yep. against the Ten Commandments. Those are against God. And okay, so it yeah, is okay. God who will deal with him. Oh, yeah. Well, so I mean, I, that's that's kind of what it was saying, that this here, we, yes, he does sin against Bathsheba and multiple other people. Yeah. But I guess in a sense, too, he's the king. There is literally nobody in the kingdom who can mm-hmm. hold him accountable. Right. right? Other like than, he is, like he it was is, Nathan. God's prophet yeah. that had to come and hold him accountable. Yeah. So he knows yeah. that it is God who's going to deal All with right, him. Well, okay, I'll let, I'll let it go this time. <laughs> you let it go. That's, that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but then it goes on to say that, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So here he talks about how he was born sinful, right? He yeah. has a sin nature that he defaults to. Like this is. This is what Romans 3.23 clearly states for, yeah. you know, all have sinned and we all yep. fall short of the glory of God. David is saying that right here. Yeah, and I mean, it's not often that you get a clear, like, the the reality of sin just in humanity. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, here it's like, just laid it's out there. Yeah. You know, like, yes, he's a king. Yes, he is the highest law at yeah. the time, other than God's law. Mm-hmm. Um, but he even... Yep. Does wrong. Oh, and he has, so, yeah, yeah, he's admitting that here. Yeah, yeah. But then he says, Behold, you, so God, delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Mm-hmm. So here he's saying that God, you delight in truth, and you are the one that gives me wisdom. So here David is confronted with God's truth that God sent Nathan. So he may have thought he could get away with what he did, but he here is reminded that God sees everything. Yeah. That nothing is outside him, nothing is secret from him, and he will deal with it. So yeah. David is not the highest law. Maybe people think that in the land. Sometimes clearly he felt like that, and God is reminding him, no, I am. Yeah. I yeah. am. And I delight in truth. Yeah. And that's what I want. And it's like you. that I want that, <laughs> you know, uh, our ESVs are in the secret heart. Mm. The NIV says the inward part. Yeah, yeah. The uh, inside, the deepest deal, part. Deal of with you. me in the parts that yeah. I don't show other people. Yeah. Right? Like I, the, the secret hidden, you're coming into the deep, dark mm-hmm. recesses of my heart and mind. Because if that part is God honoring and true, then that's what will come out. Yeah. Right? Whereas yeah. clearly David had some issues. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Previous to this, he's had skeletons he, in the closet, so to speak. Got a yeah. few. Then verse seven, he goes on to say, "Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be mm. whiter than snow." Yeah. So here, uh, it's like purge me with hyssop, then I'll be clean. This is referring to purifying him because hyssop was a plant that the Israelites used in ceremonial cleansings. Yeah, they, so the, it, it was the they were yeah. to paint the doorpost. That's right. Yeah. They, they dipped it in blood. Uh, the blood of the sacrificed animal, and then sprinkle it on the person who yep. needed cleansing. We uh, we once in Bible college were. Uh, this was before you were there. In my first two years, mm-hmm. uh, there was a guy that came, and he used a hyssop branch. Okay. To uh, purify us with water. What? So Numbers nineteen eighteen talks mm-hmm. about the priest, yep. like. Praying for the people, yeah, and, and then kind of like, like that throwing. You can't see t- us, but the <laughs> throwing water the, the, on us, getting and it, the sprinkles it was, on. It right? was the weirdest uh, experience. But they would do that with blood in the in the Old Testament. The priests, would. It, it, well, in the temple, they would use purifying, pure like pure water. 
purified water. Oh, because here it in, says they dip the it in the sacrifices yes, they would do with, right. the bl- with the blood. So uh, that at the Passover they paid to the doorposts. The doorposts, yes. But this is a reference to us here on the side of the cross, where it is only the blood of Jesus yeah. that cleanses our sins. Do you want to read um, Isaiah one eighteen for yes, us? Yes, I have that right here. Uh, Isaiah one eighteen. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. They though they are red like crimson, they shall be become like wool. Yeah, so this is where this is, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Yeah. And then verse 8 goes on to say, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Broken bones are not much fun. No, and this is where, so like David has no rest. He has no yeah. peace because sin has robbed him of yeah. joy, uh, and God has dealt with him in this, yeah, yeah. right? He is repenting so that he can be restored and have a right relationship with God and then be filled with joy once yeah. again. Yeah. Now, the consequence from God was this bone-crushing pain, right? <laughs> he wants to be free from that. He oh. wants relief. It's interesting he used the word bone-crushing pain. So yeah. once upon a time, I got dengue fever mm-hmm. for the second time, which made it hemorrhagic dengue fever. But uh, I was in the Philippines at the time, and they called it the bone-crushing fever because it literally hurts so much in your joints. And right, 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 right. It feels like somebody is just crushing your bones. Malaria is similar, and, but, so and it must be worse with dengue. It, like, in in my delirium, if you had handed me a knife, mm-hmm. I would have tried to cut off my own hands and feet because they hurt so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. And nothing actually was broken. Right. So if that's what actually, I've never broken. I've, I've grown, I'm 50 years old. I played sports growing up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've never actually broken a bone. Uh I've broken the cartilage in my nose a lot. <laughs> Multiple times. Um, but I have never broken a bone. I've never had a cast for anything. Right. So Our I, youngest I have, child has broken I have no idea what the pain in that moment mm. actually is. Mm-hmm. But from that bone-crushing fever, I know I don't ever want to experience it if right. that was what it was and there's like. No Even joy, if it's just right? for a, like a moment. Oh, yeah. And I know your body takes over in shock. The problem with a sickness is that fever, you don't go into shock. You just sit right. in the pain. It's different right? than so. if you broke a bone immediately, right? I don't know. I've never experienced that. I would assume. <laughs> yeah, I haven't either. Uh, verse 9, he says, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Like, Je- mm. don't look at my sin, God. Turn away. And the parallel here, too, when Jesus was on the cross, God did look away, right? Another another yeah. psalm, uh, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which we yeah. also did hear from Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And why is this? It's because God cannot look on sin. Yeah. He's holy. Yeah. But Jesus, he took our sin so that God can look at us. He redeemed us so yeah. that we can be in a relationship with God the Father mm-hmm. as long as we are in relationship with him. Yeah, it's that cup of wrath that he That's drank, right. right? So David here says, don't look at me. Don't look at my sin. I want to be in a right relationship with you, mm. but until then, don't look at me, yeah. right? And David he continues and says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He needs a clean heart, free from lust, free from mm. murder. Yeah. And he knows that he can't do this on his own, that only God can give him yeah. these things. Well, he's pushing back to that, I was born in sin, right? The yeah. sin nature that's yeah. there, that it follows our heart at the very core, right? Exactly. We can't get away from it, that, so yeah. God has to create new. There has to be a change. We can't, we can't fix it. That's right, exactly. And if we don't, we don't have joy because yeah. that steals it from us. And then verse 11, cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Oh, I did actually want you to read one more verse, but that's okay. What is it? Uh, 1 Samuel 16, 14. I got it. 
Um, so here he's begging God not to cast him away or remove his spirit from him. Because when we read 1 Samuel 16, 14, David knows that God's spirit departed from Saul. I was going to read it. Okay, now go ahead. the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. Right, and this is, this is not what David wants for him. Yeah. Now, the difference here is that David is repenting. Yeah. Saul had a very hardened heart, right, and he did not um, repent or or even humble himself before God. Yeah. Whereas yeah, no. David is different. So he's he's knowing that this happened and he's not wanting this to happen mm. to him. Right? Yep. Instead, in verse 12, he says, Restore me to the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with the willing spirit. Right? Restore me as only you can. Give me again the joy that I can find in you. Mm-hmm. And then give me that willing spirit so that I will obey you. Yeah. And keep me in you. Because yeah. these again are all things that without God intervening in a very real way. Yep. They don't come naturally to us. It well, cannot and, happen. And and how would the uh, right like so? David gets Bathsheba pre- pregnant, yeah, and then um, um, kills Uriah through the, the the military deal. Constantly is saying to him before that happens, like you need to go be with your wife when he was sleeping on David's doorstep. All that kind of stuff. This is this is sin that comes with an actual ticking time bomb of exposure. Right. Right? Like how hard would that have been on David knowing that everybody knew Uriah was an upright man? So he yes, didn't like a good was, godly man. <laughs> so Bathsheba was not pregnant by him and you know. you know he was one of the mighty men that they sang stories about all that kind of stuff. And you just know that David's going through month after month after month going, like, are people going to realize she's pregnant today? Like, at what, yeah. point, at what point am I going to get caught? But not only that, he was one of the mighty men, yes? Yeah, yeah. Uriah was. So yeah. would he not have been close with David? Would they not have been brothers, you know, in a sense? Yes, he's the king. Yeah, and see, this is my, my, this is like one like, of my favorite parts in, in Old Testament stuff is the, these exploits of the mighty men. So mm-hmm. Uriah uh, yeah. was one of them who came, he would have been a mighty warrior in another place. He, right. he wasn't necessarily an Israelite. Um, I don't think he was. He, I forget where he's from off the top of my head. Yeah, I forget too. Anyway, but he would but have came in. He was probably with David through all of those years of running in the desert from Saul and then uh, brought into, the, into David becomes king. They're brought in and given roles in generally the military, right? They're mm-hmm. in charge of all sorts of things. It would have been like the folk hero you know, like Robin Hood and Legends, his merry men, right? or, yeah. or, or, you know, like yeah. we, you tell your kids you know, stories, yeah. you know, about yeah, all like of the great things they would have walked around. They would have walked around and they'd be like, Hey kids, there's Uriah. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, and we've, we've got, your, you've got his action figure at home <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Like, yeah, yeah, no, this would have been, it would have just eaten him alive. I would right? hope And so. there's that <laughs> well, restore I, the joy I, of your yes. salvation. I can't, I have no joy because of what I've done. Yeah. And I know it's coming. Like the day of reckoning is coming. It's counting down on us. Yeah. And I mean, we all have that, but we don't feel that because we don't feel the impending doom of getting caught. No, that's right. And this this was such a big, it's funny. We It's not funny, but like we read these stories and we know these stories, especially yeah. if you've grown up in the church or if you're familiar with your Bible, like you know these. And you're yeah. like, oh yeah, David and Bathsheba. Oh yeah, David and Saul. Uh, it, Hollywood used to make these movies. Like, like that but, was the movies, right? But the angst, yeah. like, do we, like in real time, to yeah. think that these actually happened. 
and people uh, had to live through this. That changes it, actually. Yeah. It's not... I, I mean... Like, I can't even imagine. Apart from the sending the husband out into battle, like, there, it's not an uncommon thing to see or realize, like, there are married couples that are having children not with their married spouse, right? Like, there's... There's infidelity happening. Oh. There's, there's adultery all around us. Totally. And people are are able to hide it all because, well, they don't murder. They don't yeah, have the way to murder the, the other one, right? They don't, yeah. Like, it's not the, like, the, the sin just is there sitting on top of us all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then he says, restore me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with the willing spirit. And he goes on mm. to say, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. So he's saying, once you do this, I will teach those who don't know you, those who have forgotten about you, that are sinning against you. I will teach them how to be free from sin. Yeah. I will teach them how to be restored to a right relationship with you, God. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, deliver me from blood guiltiness. Blood mm. guiltiness, oh God. Yeah. Oh, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. So again, that deliver me. You are my salvation. You deliver me. I will praise you. Yeah. Like he's not praising right now because he's in such a dark spot. Yeah. Right? He yeah. needs to get out of that so well, that the, he can Yeah, and this is, him, this is him dealing with the... This is him working through. This is him dealing with the murder of Uriah, right? The yes, blood, the blood, like blood, the blood guiltiness. Uh, NIV says bloodshed. Yeah. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. The guilt. Like just I, that weighing him down. I murdered him. I maybe didn't stab him, but I murdered it's him. Because of me that he died. <laughs> and he says, Oh Lord, open my lips and my mouth. I will declare your praise. Right? Give me your boldness. Mm. And here David knows again that it is only through God's strength that he can do anything. Right? Yeah. His sin has him down. He's depressed. And he knows that only God can free him. Well, and I mean, David also knows God. Put him on the throne. Yes. Yeah. By taking Very somebody else clearly. off the throne. Well, exactly. Right. So he's remembering when that person that. who needed to come off the throne was no longer doing what God mm-hmm. wanted him to do on the he throne. He was removed. Right? right. Yeah. Exactly. And so he's a true repentance here. I think we're reading, um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of angst that goes yeah. with that. Right. And I think that that does. Um, signify when we are truly repentant, we do have that angst and that heaviness knowing that we need to be forgiven, but there's nothing we can do, Yeah. right? There's nothing yeah. we can do. And then he says, for you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You would not be yeah. pleased with a burnt offering. So David needs to be right with God, but he can't give a sacrifice while he's in rebellion to God, right? Because under the law, and I don't know if this is something that is commonly known, but murder and adultery were punishable by death. There was no yep. sacrifice that he yep. could make nope. to forgive, be forgiven of that. And David knew this. So he knew that he needed forgiveness from God because there wasn't a bull, a sheep. There was nothing good enough to cleanse him from this. Right? And we so. and we talked about that in our last podcast of the year last year, or mm-hmm. like a, a few, few weeks, weeks ago, ago. Uh, yeah. in Psalm fifty. That's that's the whole idea of Psalm fifty. There's no sacrifice. There is not worthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so David is coming to God, and he says, "The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise." And he yeah. knows this, right? What pleases you, God? A broken spirit a contrite heart. I'm genuine in my distress and in my, my um, repentance, right? Yeah. When sin actually breaks our heart yeah. and we come to God to be made clean and to be put back together, that's the sacrifice 
that God wants, right? And then it goes, says, do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Mm. So as king, David's sin actually has bigger consequence than just himself, yeah. right? Yeah, and we totally. talked about that a few minutes ago. Yeah. So here, and I love how at the end of David's Psalms, he does often pray for, for Israel, right? So he's praying for Israel here. He's saying, God, build up the walls of Jerusalem. Build a wall of protection. Because it, if God's not protecting, the wall means nothing. And yeah. we've seen that before. Unless God is protecting them, wall or no wall, yeah. God has to be the wall. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then verse 19 says, Then you will delight in right, right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. So you will delight in the right sacrifices when your, our hearts are right with God. That's mm. what he delights in, right? So then for us, on this side of the cross, um, Jesus was the final sacrifice, one time yep. for all people. And that's something that we... Like, does our sin break our heart? Mm. When Jesus went to the cross, it was because of our sin. Yeah. Right? Have you felt desperate for God to forgive you, to cleanse you? Is there, has there ever been the weight of something that you did steal your joy because the consequence was too much to bear and you need to be cleansed? Mm. My encouragement to you is go to God with your brokenness. Yeah. Your repentance will restore you. For though your sins are like scarlet, God will make you whiter than snow. Jesus will purify you and bring you to himself. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like or a comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Insta Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. Hope you can join us next time. And since this is first podcast of the year, yeah, in happy new year. Happy new year to all of you out yeah. there who happen to be listening. Yes. Okay. Thanks for being on the journey with us. Until next time.